Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. And what a wonderful presence of the Lord that's in the house already. Amen. Thankful for your response to the moving of God's Spirit. And I don't think that God is done or God is through with us. I believe that He still wants to speak. And there has been many people that's come up with physical representations of healing. And uh, I believe God for all those. I know God can do it. But tonight, I really feel like God wants to dig deep into every one of our hearts, into every one of our spirits, and speak something new to us, speak something fresh to us. Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful for a church that still has Sunday night service as I travel, and not every church does, but hey, there is nothing wrong with coming to church on a Sunday night and letting the bobby pins fly and letting the hair down and letting the voice out. Huh? Come on, there's still a place for apostolic church and apostolic worship and apostolic praise. Sometimes you just got to go ahead and shout it out. Lord, you're awesome. I praise you, Lord. Hey, Pastor, I grew up in this. Uh, as a young 12-year-old, I would sleep under the pews because the church uh, would go to 12 at night to 1 in the morning uh, till 2 in the morning from starting at 7 because people would come together and get lost in the Holy Ghost. I still think there's a place in the Holy Ghost uh, where we can push aside professionalism. We can push aside uh, our agenda. We can push aside schedules uh, and just say, God, uh, we want you to flow. We want you to have your way. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you for being here on a Sunday night. I don't want to go too long in the preliminaries. I want to go ahead and find my stopwatch, and I'm going to go ahead and set that. Genesis chapter 13, beginning with verse 14. Thank you, praise team, for flowing in the Spirit and being anointed and leading us into the presence of the, the, the Holy One of Israel, as Peter would say. Genesis chapter 13, beginning with verse 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after Lot was separated from him, he said this. Are you ready? This is what the Word says. Lift up now thine eyes... And look, everybody say, and look. And look from the place where thou art. Open your eyes and just look. Northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee, I will give it unto thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then shall thou seed also be numbered. Verse 17, arise and walk through the land. You hearing this word, somebody? Arise and walk through the land and the length and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. And Abram removed his tent and came and built or dwelt in the plains of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and built there an altar. Unto the Lord. Verse 14, the focus verse, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where that thou art. There is something about your current position and the place that your feet are standing right here, right now, that should speak volumes to you. By observing your current location, it should tip you off to where you have come from 
where you are and where you're headed. The first six months of a full-time evangelism, we traveled through 28 states, and I can promise you that your current location means something when you're trying to get to your destination. And tonight, my prayer is this, uh, is that God is going to not only show you where your current location is, uh, but there's going to be a handful of people that's going to be able to see where exactly God is taking them or even taking this church. I want to preach tonight what the Lord has put on my heart, and that's simply this, God vision. It's time for some God vision. Amen. If you want God to move, I want you to set your Bibles down. Go ahead, lift your hands to the Lord. And one more time, as apostolics cry out to God, prepare your heart for the Lord to speak. Lord, we're going to come, Lord, together in unity. And we're asking God tonight that you would speak, help, and strengthen your people. Let us walk as one man, Lord, as one army, God, into the destiny that you have called us. Would somebody lift up your voice in your heart right now? Come on, lift up your voice and let there be a cry in the sanctuary tonight. Lord, I'm stretching myself today. I know you've moved, but I'm not satisfied. God, let your word pierce my heart. Let your word saturate me. God, I'm hungry tonight. Speak a new word, a fresh word. God, give me fresh vision in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you're going to preach with me, turn to your neighbor, give him a high five. Say, Jesus rocks. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible reads in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, it reads like this, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather and gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, and verse 8 concludes with this uh, proverb as it was, and it says, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. And I want to say this, that the one thing that Brother Aaron has found to be constant or consistent in life uh, is that seasons will come and seasons will go. Seasons will show up at your front door and before you know it, uh, the season will slip out uh, at your back door. And just as we flip from page to pages of the Bible and we can read of real life historic account of men and women of God and, and we can read their lives and chapters as it were, I believe also that our own lives uh, are written in chapters uh, and or Seasons. I know that the original manuscripts uh, weren't written in chapters and verses, but yet uh, as I look back over the last 15 years of ministry, I can see that there were distinct uh, 
distinct uh, uh, seasons and distinct chapters uh, that I can mark. Hey, sometimes there's good chapters and sometimes there's bad chapters. Uh, sometimes there are incredible chapters uh, and sometimes there are just flat out terrible chapters. Uh, sometimes I cannot wait uh, to, to put the final period on this chapter that I'm in and sometimes uh, I never want the chapter that I'm living in to ever end. And tonight, what I felt in my spirit earlier this morning, before I even met any of you, is this, uh, that God has uh, you as a church and you as individuals uh, positioned and standing on a threshold uh, of a new season in your life. Perhaps somebody is looking back over the last few years and saying to yourself, I wish I could do that over again. How many's ever stood on the New Year's door threshold and you looked back at 2015 or 2016 and you're thinking to myself, what happened that year? I don't ever want to go through that again. This year is going to be a better year. I wish I could relive that moment. I have said that more times than I had said, said it the opposite way. But I want to say this, that no matter what season you're in, no matter where you're at in life and what has come down the pike, you can, you can understand and trust that there is always a new season that is ahead of you. There's always going to be another chapter of your life that is written. I, I, I would say this, that... that, that um, as we are people of chapters and we are people of season, we have a tendency to take a, a terrible chapter and just write it off. We have uh, the tendencies to take uh, the bad weeks and the bad months and the bad years and just uh, write it off. But I have learned this, uh, that if you trust in God, uh, it doesn't matter how dark that chapter was. Uh, it doesn't matter how, how dry that season was. Uh, we serve a God that is able to take the worst chapter of your life uh, and and work it out to do something good in you. We serve a God uh, that when we trust in him, uh, he's able to take the tragedy uh, and bring it to something good. Uh, he's able to take the mourning uh, and turn it into dancing. Uh, he's able to take the sadness uh, and replace it with joy. Amen. In Genesis chapter 12, leading up to our opening scripture, Abram has one of these do-over moments or these do-over chapters, if you would. Genesis chapter 11 brings us to Abram's lineage and as God calls him out of the earth of the Chaldees. Genesis chapter 12, though, verses 1 through 8, we see that God has now called Abraham. Abraham's responded. He's literally walking after the promises of God. But then in verses 9 through the rest of the chapter, we see that the story of Abram takes a turn. Genesis chapter 12, verse 10 says, And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. If I was to ad-lib, which it goes down to verse 20, 10 verses, uh, as they are making their journey into Egypt, Abram did what every man here and husband would do. He said uh, to his wife, you are very beautiful. And I, come on, man. Mercy. Yes, sir. You are a beautiful woman. 
And my fear is this, that when we get into Egypt, that Pharaoh's going to take you to be his wife and they're going to kill me. Say that you are my sister. And so they devised this plan of deception. And sure enough, they went in and said, as Pharaoh's men commended her before Pharaoh, they went in and said that she is, in fact, his sister. And so the, the king took Abram's wife into his own house. And that night, the Bible says that the Lord plagued Pharaoh's house. Pharaoh came out and entreated Abram. And I'm just ad-libbing quick for the sake of time. And said, what have you done? Why did you say that she was your sister when she's really your wife? I could have taken her to be my wife. And Pharaoh then says, get out. Get out of Egypt. Turn around and pack your bags. And so here is the picture in Abram's life that I see painted here. Pastor, I see this, that God had called Abram. Abram was following after the call of God. And Abram was literally walking in the land of promise or the land that was his inheritance. However, the season changes. And the Bible says that Abram is faced now with a grievous famine. And thus he makes his way out of the land of promise, out of the land of his inheritance. And down into Egypt. And so there's a shift in the chapter. The chapter that started off powerfully. This chapter that started off with Abram responding to the call of God. And walking in the promise of God. Now ends in a catastrophe. Since a dry spell struck the land. He leaves the land of promise and journeys to the south and the Egypt. In other words, I want to say it like this. That Abram trusted in the, the arm of the flesh. Abram trusted in Egypt uh, to sustain him more than the house uh, of God or more than the land of promise. Uh, let me say it like this to try to get to where I want to go. Uh, Abram leaned to the arm of flesh uh, to be his provider rather than leaning to God when it started to get tough. Uh, can I say that sometimes uh, the biggest distractions in our lives uh, is when, when, when we don't understand why God has let something happen and we don't understand why we're in the season that we're in and we don't understand uh, everything that has come down our way uh, and therefore we begin to take matters uh, into our own hands uh, and we begin to lean to the arm of flesh to be our provider rather than God. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 13 one, uh, that Abram was very rich uh, in silver, gold, and cattle. And I say this, that he had no business leaving the land of promise and trusting in Egypt to sustain him more than God. Can I say tonight that just because there are dry spells in your walk with God and in your calling doesn't mean the grass is greener on Egypt. Uh, just because the season God has you in right now isn't clear and you don't understand it doesn't mean that you should pick up your tent stakes and uproot your home and go into the world to try to find relief. As somebody here in Brother Aaron tonight, just because there might be a famine in your world and in your life doesn't mean that you should root up and look to Egypt to be your provider I'm sorry but I have watched it too many times I have watched a famine strike uh, families in our church and families that I know and a grievous family now is bearing down upon these people and I watch as they reach out to God and God doesn't come through like they thought uh, that God should come through God doesn't answer like they wanted God to answer and because the famine is grievous and the famine is hard uh, I have watched as my close friends uh, my family members uh, and even ministers in my life uh, begin to uproot their homes uh, uproot their daughters and 
sons uh, uproot themselves uh, and begin to journey uh, into Egypt. I want to say this, the quicker that we understand that God will lead us in the times uh, that we don't understand, uh, it's going to require us to trust in him. There will be times uh, that we're faced uh, with the brass heavens uh, where God doesn't seem to answer our prayers. Uh, There are times when God leads us and tries us to to prove uh, whether we are a person that trusts or not. Deuteronomy, I believe it was in chapter 8, he said this, he said, Thou shalt remember the way which the Lord thy God led these uh, 40 years in the wilderness. Why? To humble thee, to prove thee, and to know what was in your heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments uh, or no. And I'd say this uh, again to reiterate myself, there will be uh, seasons that don't make sense. Uh, There will be chapters that you don't understand. Uh, There will be times that you think that God uh, has forsaken you but I want to reiterate this since when do we walk by feeling and since when do we walk by sight hey my friends this is what the Bible calls a faith walk that means that when I don't have the answers I'm staying put that means that whenever things don't make sense I'm not going nowhere I don't care if the grass is withered I don't care if the bushes are dead I'm staying here I'm staying in the land of promise I'm going to keep my life in God's hands. Uh, I'm not going nowhere. Amen. Amen. And it's during those times of drought where the temptation to take matters into your own hand wore at us the greatest. Check this out. The Bible says this. And and this is just how I'm simple in my understanding of the word and I'm sure there might be an actual date or a time frame, but the Bible says that Abram was only a few days into Egypt. I, I don't know. It says that he journeyed from land of promise down south around the Mediterranean Sea. Gets into Egypt, lies to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh boots him back out. I don't know the exact time frame. But the Bible says this, he goes from the rejection of Egypt, makes his way back up, and verse 13, or chapter 13, 1 through 4 says this, he went back from the south Egypt, back up unto Bethel, to the place where his tent had been at the beginning, unto the place of the altar which he had made at the first. He went back to where he first built an altar. He went back to where he first heard from God and consecrated his life. And what that says to me is that sometimes the new beginnings that you and I look for, and the new beginnings that you and I need, come when we decide to build fresh altars uh, and we get back to the place uh, where we don't have a preconceived idea of the way this was supposed to happen uh, when we don't have the, the all, or our journey all mapped out and we just get back to the place where we say God I am your servant uh, whatever you have for my life uh, so be it uh, Lord I offer myself as a living sacrifice uh, wholly acceptable unto the Lord which is our reasonable service and they're funny to me. Let me if I just was try to try to. Uh, flesh this out here a little bit Uh, the Bible says that when he gets there right before opening scripture verse uh, that's whenever he comes back from Egypt uh, and him and Lot's herdsmen begin to strive one with another and he said this is crazy we're brethren let's not strive and fight with one another you go one way whatever way you go take the best of the land I'll go the other way and that's when Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plains of Jordan that they were well watered 
Am I seeing this wrong? There was provision in the land of promise the whole time. There was provision enough to sustain them the entire time. That's why I say this. That's why we need God vision in our life. Because if we walk in our flesh, we can't perceive what God's doing. All we see is the drought. All we see is the famine. All we see is the unanswered prayers. But when we have God vision that comes from a fresh altar, oh, we begin to see things the way God sees them. When we get back to no preconceived ideas God's able to speak and we can see it hey we've been in church long enough I thank you for this crowd by the way this crowd is almost the same size as it was Sunday morning I appreciate that a lot of times the crowd diminishes by half but there's established church here thank you for being here tonight and being faithful to the word of God but I want to say this no doubt we have all seen this before we have watched family members and people come into the house of God and then when that famine happens we watch them as they go out into the world does anybody know what I'm talking about tonight and we watched them go out into the world uh, only for a couple years later for them to come back into the house of God because the world didn't do it for them. Uh, and all of a sudden they come back with a fresh vision. Uh, they come back with a fresh altar and they begin to say, hey, there was provision here all along. It was always available, but they got to looking with the eyes of the flesh and the flesh drew them out of the land of promise and out of the house of God and placed them in Egypt. Somebody, there's provision right where you're at. There's provision right where you're at, right here, right now. There's provision, somebody, right here, right now. We know the scripture that says in Proverbs, without vision, the people perish. And my rendering of that is, is this, without vision, people turn into vagabonds. They wander in life with no direction. They drift spiritually. They stop pressing after the prize. They become complacent, if you would. They, they live off of last year's victories instead of reaching for new victories. They stop pursuing after the goal. They cast aside, if you would, the practices that they would normally had if they had fresh God vision. There is nothing better tonight than having fresh God vision. How many knows what I'm talking about? You wake up in the morning and you turn the alarm off and a smile comes on your face. And the first thing that comes to your mind is that Bible study that you're going to teach later on. When you wake up and you have a purpose to your life, that you have fresh God vision. You know what God's trying to do in your life. You know where God's taking you. Oh, there's nothing like having fresh God vision in your life. But I'll tell you this, uh, there's nothing worse than coming to an apostolic church uh, and see people that don't have vision for your life. Uh, There is nothing uh, that's more frustrating. Uh, A lack of vision will suck the zeal right out of you. A lack of vision will cause you to live frustrated uh, in a complaining life. Uh, A lack of vision will reduce you to nothing more than a commoner amongst the average. Listen, I've served in my local assembly for nine years before starting and launching in the full-time evangelism. 
I was the outreach coordinator, Bible study teacher, new life class teacher. We taught Sunday school. We filled in for a while as the youth pastor. I played the drums. My wife played and led the music. I headed up the Elisha ministry. I serve on the Pennsylvania Youth Committee. And I can tell you emphatically that the difference maker, the game changer in every one of those positions that I held was fresh God vision. You know why? Because it's not just another Sunday that you wake up, but you understand that this Sunday, one of the bus kids could come in the church and receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's not just another week uh, because this week uh, the Bible study that I'm looking uh, or teaching and I'm looking at across the table could receive a revelation of who God really is. Uh, you understand that this could be the day uh, that God's power and God's glory uh, shines forth. Amen. Without vision you go through the motions. You know what scares me to death is becoming another face in the crowd. You know what scares me to death is having my life look just like everybody else out in the world of the masses. I wake up. I have to get some coffee. I have to punch my time clock at work. I come home. And then what is it? Let's mow the grass. Let's then go home and watch Netflix. And once in a while, I'll take a one-week vacation. That scares me to death. I don't want to be another face in the crowd. I don't want to follow the masses. But when I have God vision, there's something that breathes upon me. Yes, I might have to go to work but now I'm going to reach out and witness to my co-workers oh I might have to do this but now there's a purpose behind every step somebody I want fresh God vision on my life so now what our scripture Bible told says that Abram the Lord speaks to him and says, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Look. Somebody, I can't help but to think that God's trying to get somebody to just stop what you're doing. Silence the voices. Silence the distractions. Uh, push aside everything and just look. Uh, open your spiritual eyes and take inventory about where you really are in life. Uh, just stop for a moment uh, and look at what God is doing in your life. In order for Abram to be who God was calling him, he had to stop and he had to look. He had to have a clear vision of who he was and where God was calling him. He had to set his eyes on the horizons and look. Listen, your current location should speak volumes to you. It really should. I can't tell you how many times that I tried to go somewhere and I went to put in current location and it accidentally pulled it from a previous current location. And it's like, oh, a five-hour trip. Sweet, that's awesome. And then I do it again. It's like a 12-hour trip. And I'm like, What? Your current location matters. It matters. At your current location. It's impossible for you to know right where you're at today. Somebody look down at your feet. It's impossible to look at where your feet are now without triggering something in your mind to note from where you came. You didn't just get here tonight. You didn't just show up. The Lord didn't translate you like the evangelist Philip. 
It'd be cool if he did. But you've come from somewhere. I want to tell us right now, every one of us has come from somewhere. We all have a story to tell. We all have a story to tell. And when you stand and look at your current location, uh, it should cause you to look back into your past uh, and remember where you really came from. But the problem with that is, is that 90% of the times a preacher references the past, uh, all of a sudden there's a screeching halt uh, on the congregation. Uh, because instead of looking at your past the way you should, uh, you allow the devil to speak into your mind uh, and say, look at what you used to do. I remember how you used to act. I remember this and all of a sudden you got a blanket of guilt, condemnation, and shame. Some of you don't even want to face your past and look at where you come from because the devil is able to speak into your spirit and hold you back and hold you hostage. But I declare this that when that when God delivered Israel out of Egypt, he went into the wilderness and then led them into the promised land. And Deuteronomy, the main theme of Deuteronomy is don't forget. Beware and don't forget of where you've come from, that it was I that brought you out of house of bondage. Hey, sometimes it's all right to just stop and look at your past, not as a condemning tool in the hand of the devil, but a testimony in the hand of God. Hey, I used to be addicted, but I'm not no more. Look at what I used to do, but look at where I'm at now. I used to do that, but God has saved me. Hey, that's why the Apostle Paul said such were some of you, uh, but you have been washed. Uh, you have been sanctified. You have been justified. Uh, you used to be a drug addict, but not no more. Uh, you used to be uh, somebody that was addicted to all sorts of things in this world, uh, but not no more. Uh, it's okay to remember the hand of God. Uh, it's okay to remember the power of God. Uh, it's okay to understand that God's arm is strong and God's arm is mighty. Man, I wish I had somebody that wasn't always living in church. Give me an amen. Hey, you know why I like to worship? Because you don't know the pit from hell that God brought me from. You don't know where God's brought me from. If you would have asked the people in my life 15 years ago that I would be a preacher, they would have laughed at you. As a matter of fact, it was one year that I got called. That year I was getting ready to get kicked out of church camp by the district board because of my rebellious attitude and my hard look. And my pastor pleaded and said, no, you don't know how hard it took me to get him here. Just give him a chance. And it was that week that God called me, uh, and I left that church camp. Uh, I left that church camp uh, completely changed. Uh, three months later, uh, I found myself at Bible school. Hey, nobody knew. Uh, nobody thought it would happen, uh, but I thank God uh, that he's able to work in my life. Oh, come on, where are you, somebody? Come on, where are you? Somebody that wasn't born in the church, uh, but you came into the church. Uh, can you remember what it was like? Amen. Amen. Somebody, you need delivered of your past. If you're f frustrated with shame, guilt, and condemnation, you need to understand. That's just the devil trying to hold you back from where God's taking you. If you can't get over your past and you're living life in the rear of your mirror and you're always looking at what used to be, you'll never go where God wants you to go. Tonight, there's deliverance over a past. Tonight, there's strength over a broken past. Amen. Your current location should speak volumes to you. Your current location and the place where your feet are standing right now, right here, should speak volumes to you. You didn't just get here. 
Hey, let me tell you this. If the devil could have stopped you and the devil could have destroyed you, your feet wouldn't be right here. If the devil would have had his way, you would have never been here. But the devil can't have his way because God has your back. Uh, your current location to solidify something in your spirit uh, that says God has my back. Uh, he's not forsaken me. Uh, hey, I've come against strong, strong cities, uh, but God has my back. Uh, I've been resisted by strongholds, uh, but God has my back. Uh, I've been fought with every devil in hell, but just look, somebody, uh, at where my feet are standing. Uh, if the devil could have destroyed this church, uh, he would have destroyed you a long time ago. If the devil could have destroyed your family, he would have done it a long time ago. If the devil could have destroyed your life, he would have done it a long time ago. But he can't. Somebody just look at where your feet are and let it speak volumes to you. Just look, somebody, tonight. Just look at where your feet are. The devil can't stop this church. The devil can't stop this city. The devil can't stop you. I wish somebody would rejoice over that. I wish somebody that doesn't know when the season's going to stop. I don't wish somebody that was right in the middle of a famine would just begin to rejoice and dance and say, Devil, if you could have stopped me, you would have a long time ago. But you can't. You don't have power. You can't stop me. This is a God thing. God has orchestrated this. God has willed this. God has destined this. God has brought me here. Come on, I feel something in the spirit right now. There's a boldness coming over this church. There's a boldness coming over this congregation. I wish you would begin to take authority over every attack that has come down your home. Take authority over every attack that has come on this city. Hey, somebody, this is a God thing. This is a God thing. This is a God thing. It's a God thing. Lord, right now I feel boldness coming over my spirit. Lord, I didn't feel this in prayer. I didn't feel this, God, as you spoke to my spirit. But right now, by the power and the authority of the word of God, and the power that's in the name of Jesus, I bind every lying spirit. I bind every war, God. And I'm asking for a moment in time that you would loose your people to walk, God, in the Holy Ghost. Hey, somebody, uh, we've just triggered something in the spirit. Uh, we just triggered something in the spirit. Uh, I don't know where you are. Uh, I don't know what's going on in your life. Uh, but just understand that God has your back.
Come on, church, what would happen if we just reached right now? Somebody just look at where your feet are. Just look at where you're at in the spirit realm right now. Hey, sir, you came to me this morning, uh, and you said if that was three weeks earlier, uh, if you didn't get baptized three weeks ago, you would have got baptized tonight. Uh, Just look at what God is doing in your life, sir. Uh, Just take a moment. Uh, Hey, he has your back. Uh, He's on your side. Uh, God's going to do mighty work. Uh, God's going to bring you through. Uh, There's greatness upon you. Somebody, God. God has your back. Tell you right now, just to help somebody out, I feel like God wants to speak in a message of tongues to us tonight. I don't know exactly where, but somebody be sensitive. And if you're already feeling it, when the time's right, you go ahead and let God use you in the message or the tongues and interpretation. on somebody God's trying to speak fresh vision God's trying to speak fresh vision into our spirits right now would you lift your hands and would you entertain right now what God is trying to do come on somebody
I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Shatorobo Satana Maha Mandolobo Satorobo Satana. You're more than welcome to stand for just a moment, or you can sit at your current location. Your current location should be the very spot that triggers something in your spirit uh, that says, you know what, uh, look at where God has brought me from. Look at where I'm at right now. But God, look at what you're taking me. There should be something about your current location that should lift up your eyes uh, like Abram did. Uh, and it should cause you to look. Uh, hey, I am thankful for all the young people that are sitting up here, but I'm not satisfied. Uh, I am thankful for all the people that have been baptized in the name of Jesus, uh, but I'm not satisfied. Uh, I'm thankful for the people that have come in here and God has healed their marriages and homes and done mighty works. But, Brother Perryman, I am not satisfied. Uh, hey, there is more. Uh, I'm grateful for the victories we had last week. Uh, I'm grateful for the people that we won last year. Uh, but there's something more on the horizon uh, that God is trying to tip us off to. Uh, God is trying to do more in your life, uh, more in your spirit, uh, more in this church. Uh, I'll never forget this, Pastor. Three weeks into going full-time evangelism, and this is going to maybe to some seem spooky, but I'll, I'll clarify and clarify. Three weeks into going full-time evangelism, I landed in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and there I was going to base out of there and begin to minister. That very night, I got into a deep dream and a witch visited me in my sleep. In my dream, in my dream, I was running from three men through like a parking lot. And I was running with all my might and they caught me. And I began to, to squirm and pull and fight. And one of the men had a shackle that was attached to him. And he literally, literally shackled my leg. And I began to pull on that like a dog with his leash. And I began to rip and rip. And finally I ripped free from this. And I ran down the road. And as I was running down the road according, or right by the river, a bridge had come over the river. And then a road took a right and went up to meet the bridge. And I turned and I ran up this road. And as I did, my, young, my oldest girl began to run beside me. And I'm thinking now, as the bridge pillars are right here to my left and I'm running up the road, there's a fence that's to my right. And I'm thinking in my dream, in my head, I'm thinking, Pastor, man, I, there has to be a hole in the fence. I have to be able to get into safety. They're going to find me. And up about three-quarters of the way up the hill, there was a rip in the fence. And I grabbed it and I pried it open and Madison got in. And then I kind of squirmed in this fence and now that I was on that side of the fence there was houses and on the back side of the, the, the yards was bushes so now I was the fence was here and the bushes was here and it made a corridor about a little less than the half of this church and I began to go back down the hill 
to try to hide. Madison's like, Daddy, I'm so tired. I got to rest. I said, Madison, we can't rest until we're full of safety. And as we begin to travel down the hill, one of the street lights from the bridge was shining and it illuminated this little circle spot within this corridor, corridor that I was walking. The bushes now to my left and the fence. And as I had my phone, I was walking down. And as soon as I stepped into this lighted area, again, all in my dream, all of a sudden from beyond the illuminated circle, beyond my vision even, down into the hill where I was going, a witch screamed out and said, who are you and what do you want? And I paralyzed and I was stopped with fear. And I had my phone and I began to fumble. Who are you, she said, and what do you want? And I could barely muster it up. We know what it's like when the spirit of fear and intimidation lands at us and we can't hardly breathe at night. And I got ready to say who I was, Pastor. Again, all in my dream. I'm going somewhere. I got ready to say, I go, I, 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 and before I could say or even speak, uh, that witch uh, called me out by name and said, Aaron Wright, uh, you better turn back. Uh, Aaron Wright, you better turn back. Uh, and she began to just growl this at me. Aaron Wright, uh, you better turn back. And all of a sudden, I woke up from my dream in my trailer, and I could literally hear that witch's voice in my mind saying, you better turn back. Uh, you better turn back. And at first, I'm just like, man, jeez tired man something I ate you know whatever it is and I tried to push it off uh, and I could not push it off you could feel that spirit of fear in my trailer uh, and I remember this thing you know what Uh, I'm not going to tolerate this I'm going to address this spirit Uh, so I slipped out of bed uh, and as I sat on the edge of my bed all of a sudden uh, the word of the Lord came to me and it said this Paul I know and Jesus I know but who are you and all of a sudden uh, the Holy Ghost quickened my mind Uh, that witch called me out by name before I ever identified myself uh, and the Lord said they know who you are Aaron uh, and something changed uh, in my spirit Uh, I opened the door and I slid it Uh, I opened the other door and I slid it shut Uh, and the whole time uh, I'm walking out of my trailer literally going like this uh, and I walked out and I said devil you listen to me right here right now I have come too far uh, to turn back Uh, I have come too far uh, to turn back Uh, is somebody hearing me today Uh, you have come too far to turn back you have come too far church to let a devil turn you back I began the war on the floor baby I said devil as long as I'm alive I'm going to fight you as long as I'm breathing I'm going to resist you as long as I can I'm going to fight your city Hey, let me tell you something. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and the rulers of the darkness. And the sooner you realize that I'm going to fight their city, I'm going to fight the principalities, the better off you are. Because tonight it's not just me that they know. They know you, and they know you, and they know you, and they know this church. And something's got to happen tonight where this church and individuals say, you know what, I've come too far to turn back. Musicians, please join me tonight. I'm telling you right now, I feel like God's trying to cause a shift in the atmosphere tonight. I feel like God's trying to cause a shift tonight in the Holy Ghost.
Amen. Somebody, why don't you just take a look? Come on, man. You've come too far. God has your back. Sis, God's doing great things. And you've come too far. You've come too far, sis. Hey, if the devil could have destroyed you, he would have broken your back a long time ago. But hey, just somebody look at where her feet are. Oh, they're in the house of God. Oh, she's here tonight. Oh, when the devil, come on, sis, raise your hands right now. In the name of Jesus, I come against every voice, every distraction. And by the authority of the word of God, tonight you're going to speak into her spirit. Tonight is going to be a game changer. Tonight she's going to see herself for who she really is. Salman, you've come too far. Come on, somebody, there's a pulling in the Holy Ghost right now. I don't care what you do, but would you just step out of where you're at? And would you begin to respond in the Holy Ghost? If it's to walk this floor, to pace the aisles, if it's to fall on your face at the altar, would you respond right now? Come on, praise team, take us into an anointed song. The power of the Holy Ghost wants to fall in this house right now.